Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz podcast. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host, Ashton Overholt. Ashton, it was yet another crazy week of college football. I, I will say before we just jump into it, I'll uh, just I just want to talk a little bit about the Virginia thing. Obviously, we all hmm. know if you're paying attention, there's a shooting at Virginia. Three of their players were killed. Um, two other students injured, I believe. Um, so just sending out some thoughts and prayers to them. Um, keep them in your prayers. Um, yeah, real tough situation there and yeah let's not dwell on it too much let's move on let's talk about some football that's why you guys clicked on the podcast not to be sad but to talk about football so yeah i guess ashton before we talk about each individual games uh each individual game just uh yeah what what was your experience saturday what did you enjoy about the weekend um the i I really like to see what teams kind of showed their true colors kind of in the playoff race. Um, yeah, November's a month where the, the the pretenders kind of slide away and they they kind of, yeah, fall off the table a little bit. And teams that are real and legit, um, they show it. They show it usually in the month of November. Um, and, I mean, kind of thinking about TCU and Oregon and UCLA. And, yeah, TCU won their game, um, a, a difficult game on the road. Um, and then, yeah, and, and not not so for the Pac-12 schools. I I just think I think that's what you're really into it now. We try to stay out of the playoff talk for the most part for you know September, October, even the first part of November. But now, like we're there's only two regular season weeks left. Like yeah. we're getting into kind of the this is the last few the last hurrah really of the regular season, and it's time to start looking at you know who are the four best teams and who are the most deserving teams, and where do these conferences stack up against other conferences. Um, I think, I think that's kind of where my mindset is a little bit on a, on a Saturday right now. Um, just, yeah, seeing, seeing what teams really truly are underneath all the fluff. Yeah, I would agree. I, I feel like we learn a little bit each week, but I almost felt like we learned more this last week than in a normal week. It just feels like we have a much better feel for and how the season is playing out and what some of these teams are. So we'll just jump right into it. Um, a few games to talk about here. We're going to start with West Virginia, Oklahoma. West Virginia beat Oklahoma 23-20. to Still holding on to a slight chance of bowl eligibility. They, they have a tough schedule going forward. Um, Neil Brown, I still think he will probably lose his job. But a big game here. Um, JT Daniels got benched. Garrett Green came in and played pretty well. Oklahoma is now, what, 5-5? Five and five? Rough year for them. Yes. Is yep. Brent Venables just a coordinator? <laughs> oh, here we go. I don't know. That's early. There, there's some talk about it, though, too, though, huh? Like, I mean, not everyone is thrilled about it. They had a lot of players leave. I understand that. But my goodness, you look at something like you look at what Sonny Dykes is doing at TCU. That is not good for, for Venable oh. because Oklahoma, Oklahoma is more talented roster than TCU every yeah. day, like every day of the week that Oklahoma roster is a, is just more talented than TCU and to be five and five and not losing to anyone. Like you got hammered by Texas and West Virginia, West Virginia is not very good. They're just not very good this year. And you lost like, yeah, I, to a backup quarterback, it wasn't even JT Daniels doing it to you. Like, I don't know, man, maybe he is a coordinator. Maybe he is. There's a possibility. Yeah. The big 12 is just, 
insane this year. We've talked about it at length. Oklahoma is second to last in the Big 12 standings. I think I picked them to win the conference before the season. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, as, as relatively bad as Texas has looked at times this year, and like we can still make fun of Texas, you know, sure. with their fourth loss, like they've been a lot better than <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> like yeah. Oklahoma's been rough. Um, Fair. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Purdue beat Illinois 31 to 24. Yes. Big matchup for the Big 12, uh, Big 10 race. Whoever gets the pleasure of getting hammered by Ohio State or Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the standings right now in the Big Ten West, it's <laughs> there are four teams tied with yes. a four and three record in conference. Those are Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota. Obviously, Purdue now has a tiebreaker over Illinois. There's going to be a lot of other tiebreakers that come into play here. I, I do think this is probably <laughs> going to come down to some kind of tiebreaker. Two more weeks to talk about it. We have no idea what's going to happen. I don't even know if it's worth a whole lot, spending a whole lot of time talking about it. Like, do you do you have a strong feel for who who comes through with Wisconsin and Iowa not being good? And then we thought like Minnesota was going to be that team early on, and then they kind of like have dipped off. No one really knows who's good right now. We thought Illinois. Like, remember, like, yeah, Illinois is really good, and then you're seven and three now. Like. And yeah, yeah, Purdue six and four. It's just a bunch of just mediocrity and the Big Ten, Big Ten West. Um, it, it would be nice to have Michigan over in this side, like it, yeah. yeah, just to divide it up a little bit because it's it's not like this is just a one year thing. This has been happening for a lot of years. So yeah, it's it's time for a reshuffling in the Big Ten, and I think this year is kind of the case study for all of it. We need to reshuffle some teams. This is Exhibit A of why divisions need to go away. And you just take the top two teams in the conference. Yeah. Okay. Right All right. I, I guess. I guess. Do divisions <laughs> need to go away? Do they yes. really? Like, why? why? They're pointless. Are they? Like, it's <laughs> there. There's something. Okay. Like, like in the SEC. I mean, like you're saying that Tennessee should be should meet Georgia in the SEC championship because they're the, they're the two best teams. And like, I kind of understand that. I just I'm not a huge fan of the repeat matchup. Like. They, they could potentially do it in back-to-back weeks. Like you could play the same team twice. I just, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. Like TCU and Texas could easily play again or well, maybe not anymore, but like they at one point could have, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the, the, the big 12, like they, yeah. Where they have to like potentially play a team twice. I'm just not a fan, I'm not a fan of it. All right. Well, different strokes for different folks. It's all, <laughs> okay. It's It's coming anyway. Um, just thought I'd mention Notre Dame Navy a little bit. Um, probably not really on the national radar, but Notre Dame beat Navy 35 to 32 in Baltimore. This was a 35 to 13 game, as we all predicted. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't say it with a straight face. As we all predicted, Drew Pine comes out and, and accounts for five first half touchdowns, mm-hmm. four passing, one running. Also, as we all predicted, Navy passes for over a hundred yards in this game. Mm-hmm. In the second half, this is where the story was, because like I mentioned, Notre Dame was up 35 to 13 at halftime. And if you are, if you look at the score, you notice Notre Dame still had 35 at the end of the game. In the second half, Notre Dame had 20 snaps of offense and got two yards. That is two, yes. Um, which, <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of a classic. I, Tommy Reese has kind of been 
slowly winning me back the last several weeks with the Clemson game and the first half of this game. And then it's like, actually, no, you should definitely fire me. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there. Just some weird things in this game. Drew Brees had a Drew, Drew Brees, Drew Pine had a great first half. Navy passed the ball relatively well. It came, it was weird at the end. It was just a very weird game. Anyway, you probably have no thoughts on Notre Dame Navy and we can move on. <laughs> the the only the only thing that uh yeah that the the i didn't watch it I'll, I'll just be really honest you're the notre dame the resident notre dame fan i know you're watching this game i don't navy how navy's offense is not built to come from behind no <laughs> and they did in the in the history of come from behind teams <laughs> navy is not who you think is going to be that team they're just not and it's 35 to yeah 13 at halftime and you're like like, oh my goodness, like like Notre Dame's for real. Because I think I'd even said that I really think Navy will kind of keep this close. I think last pot I even said, yeah. like, watch out for Navy. I think they're going to cover. And, yeah, it was just a boat race, for the, I mean, from the jump. And it was like, oh my goodness, like, I guess I was just wrong on that. And, yeah, that, that, was, that was really, really startling. Notre Dame not being able to run the ball, yeah. I, I don't quite understand that. Because even, like, you, you have Drew Pine, and, and he's limited and, and whatever. Like, that's cool. But this is a Notre Dame team that ran – they ran all over Clemson, all over Clemson. And yep. you will never convince me that Navy is anywhere close to a front seven like Clemson. You just won't. Like, they're not. That's not the same type of front seven you're going against. You should trounce all over Navy running the football. And you had 66 yards on 34 carries, not even two yards a carry. That's really bad. It's yeah. really bad. So, yeah, in my mind, kind of lucky to get out of there with a win running the ball or getting outrushed by Navy like you did. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Braden Lindsay did have a Sports Center worthy catch, caught, catching a ball behind the defender's back. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, just a weird game. And let's move on. Okay. LSU beat Arkansas thirteen to ten in Fayetteville. <sighs> this was weird. This was so weird. It came out right at the beginning of the game that KJ Jefferson was out. So, and we we've talked about this before. Like he is. If Arkansas is ever going to pass the ball well at all, it has to be KJ Jefferson. Right. I don't know. Like, well, I'll throw it to you, and then I'll move yep. on to my thoughts. What What are your thoughts on this game? So, yeah, I mean, I I was paying quite a bit of attention to this. I'm mm -hmm. I'm an SEC fan. LSU. I've I've been an, kind of an LSU on the LSU bandwagon, maybe a little bit, kind of from the start. I I think they're pretty good. I think they were a little underrated coming into the year. I, I like Arkansas as well, but Harold Perkins, man, the yeah. freshman defensive end for LSU, true freshman, he decommitted from AM, right? And then and then commits to LSU. That was like Kelly's kind of that was his kind of his main guy that he pulled over. Didn't get much else, but he did get that guy. And I mean, what a stud. Like four sacks. In some ways, it was good KJ Jefferson didn't play. Like <laughs> He would have gotten hurt again. Like, I don't, yeah, I, this guy is running down. Okay. Malik Hornsby can fly yeah, like, as can. a quarterback. He can absolutely go. And I mean, this is the second week in a row that we have Harold Perkins out there shadowing a really, really fast quarterback. Like Bryce Young can also really run and he tore him up. Like he, he really wrecked the whole Arkansas offense. I mean, I, I was really impressed with that. Vegas Vegas knew because, I mean, Vegas just does. They knew this game was going to be close. They knew it was going to be sloppy, and it was. 
LSU, it was an ugly game, something they had they had to win ugly. Daniels didn't throw. He threw for 86 yards in a, in a pick. Like, he wasn't very good. But they won ugly. Like, good for yeah. them. That that was, that was you know, my, hey, my you guys really can't block my my edge rusher. So, like, he's just right. going to completely destroy your offense. It's pretty much what the game was. Um, throw out. Yeah, throw it out. LSU won. They won the SEC West, by the way. On 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 with that win, they won the SEC West. They will now go to the SEC championship game right. in Kelly's first year. Yep. We never like no one was predicting that they that was that was they were predicted to finish I think fifth in the SEC West. Huge, yeah. Like the the game was ugly, but the result was really all that mattered there for them. It's an SEC win against a good Arkansas team on the road. That's hard to do. So yeah, um, credit to LSU on that one. Yeah, you don't really have to put – it's tempting to to look at this kind of game and say, oh, man, like uh, LSU, that was a little shaky. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like they're going to the SEC title game. Right. They won this game ugly. You could talk, you could talk about whether, what would have happened if K.J. Jefferson was there. It doesn't matter. They, they won the SEC West in Brandon Kelly's first year. Yeah. They're, they're not a legit playoff team or anything. But is it is absolutely a resounding success. They could lose out from this point on, and the season yes. will be a success. Right. Yeah. No. No doubt. Yeah. It already is. Like, like you said, yep. eight. They're eight and two now. They they have a chance to get a couple of more wins. They play A and M uh, to end the year, and A and M's just a dumpster fire. More on them in just a little bit. <laughs> but I I think the like we talked about culture fit. Like, are you a culture fit? And, and Ryan Kelly's faking the accent or whatever. He's not a Cajun, you know winning makes him a culture fit in baton rouge like he won a lot of people over good for him i'm 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 happy for him that that's a program lsu is a program that is they they deserve better than what they had the last two years um and yeah are they always going to win the west no they're not like i mean i think kelly has some limitations um from a recruiting standpoint but the like there's no doubt that guy can coach like he can show up on saturday and he can coach so yeah, that's awesome for them. Really good for that program. Yeah, happy for those guys. Happy for the the kids that stuck around. Um, and yeah, there was some. There was some. It was a rough year last year for LSU, and and to to be SEC West champs, you're going to go play a buzzsaw in Georgia. So you might not win the SEC, but I the season's absolutely a success already. Yeah. Well, another SEC team that you could say their season has been a success as well. That's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt beat Kentucky. 24 to 21, the first SEC win of the Clark Lee era. Yeah. Is is it hyperbole to say the season's a success with four wins for them? Absolutely. Well, the the season over under was uh two and a half. They cashed right. the, the the two and a half uh win total back in September. Hadn't won since. This was the first SEC game that they, by the way, road win against a top 25 team in Kentucky. Their first win, I think it was in eleven hundred days. I think it was 1,100 days <laughs> since they had an SEC win of any kind. You go on. Yeah, the first SEC win since 2019. So, th- yeah, that was – hey, that is huge for them. They, they're not going to go bowling, but theoretically, they're still not out of bowling. They're four <laughs> and six. They can theoretically still get there, which, yeah, just happy for them. You're right. The season's a success for Vanderbilt as well. For Kentucky, man, what Ooh. are you doing? No one wanted to be the team – that Vanderbilt snapped the streak on like you just didn't want to be that team and Kentucky's that team man Will Levis number one overall pick Will Levis first round prospect 
Will Levis. This was recent, guys. Mel Kuyper had Will Levis as a first-round NFL draft projection two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, he did. It doesn't make sense to me. He had him over Hendon Hooker. That 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 will never make sense to me. <laughs> it, it just it just never will. He's not a very good quarterback. Like how many how many bad games do we have to see before we realize like okay he's just not that good. So yeah, I Kentucky that's a that's a really bad loss and it's not going to get any easier this next week with Georgia uh, coming to town. But yeah, awesome for Vandy. We need to focus on Vandy. Huge win for them. Yeah. You're a Clark Lee guy. You, you're 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 ecstatic about this. I'm sure. Well, I think it just. I'm a Clark Lee guy to a point. Like, I think he's a perfect fit at Vanderbilt. Obviously he went there. So that's, I'm not even including that as part of it. I just think that he can elevate them to the point where they're maybe going to a bowl game every year and he'll never recruit well enough that they can do much more than that. They'll they'll never be an eight or nine win team most likely under him. Yeah. But I think Vanderbilt is, pretty happy if they could win six games a year. And I think he's the type of coach that he, he, he can get them to the point where they're out, out competing, competencing enough teams that they can win six games a year. Okay. Yeah. If, if they win six a year, six, six wins a year for Vanderbilt is a pipe dream. Like that <laughs> is, you love that. That is it. That is your ceiling is six wins. I don't think it gets higher than that at for Vanderbilt. So yeah, I, for me, the story was more about Kentucky than Vanderbilt. Like, th- this is awful. This is awful for Kentucky. I we're gonna get to more SEC teams that are just falling apart. Kentucky's six and four. They somehow beat Florida. We're not sure how, but they did beat Florida early in the year. Like, they they got hammered by some people. They're probably gonna get hammered again this week. Yeah, I Will Levis had a passer rating of fifteen. His hmm. QBR was fifteen. That's really bad, man. Like. They can't block people. I yeah. I don't know. I I I'm not I'm not sure wh- where they. Yeah, I don't even know what to say uh, for on the Kentucky side. Does it feel like this significantly drops Mark Stoops's chances of landing a bigger job this offseason? Oh, I would say yeah. I don't think. I mean, I don't think Iowa wants him anymore. Or not not that they have an opening, but they should. Um, <laughs> Nebraska. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of schools that like he would kind of be the guy four like theoretically but yeah i think i it does it does drop them a bit it's it's when you see a a program regress um even with your talent like you still have talented players you have a good running back good quarterback or so we thought talented quarterback and to see just the regression that that's been there the last year is um probably a a bit of a ding um yeah on his record yeah but I, i would also i mean we can talk about Kentucky, but yeah, just props to Vanderbilt. That's this right. was not fluky, by the way. Like they, they topped Kentucky in yards for play. They top. Yeah. They actually had. They lost the turnover battle to Kentucky. Um, yeah, and still right. won the game. So props right. to them. That's big. That's a big deal. Okay, Alabama, Ole Miss. Alabama beats Ole Miss thirty to twenty four. Trailed most of the game. Found a way late. Bryce Young. He's really good. Um, and it's, it just continues to feel like they have almost nothing else. Jameer Gibbs was benched most of the second half. Mm. They said he was – some people thought he was dinged up, but he they actually reported that he was healthy. Um, yeah. And they were riding Jace McClellan and even Roydell Williams for a bit. I don't know mm. if that was a disciplinary thing or, or what was going on there. But, yeah, Ole Miss gave him a really good shot, and Bama found a way to win this game. Yeah, I, I guess like I, 
like I I don't understand how like we we talked about like draft process and not to get back into that like the whole Will Levis thing but Bryce Young so dang good man oh, like yeah. he is the throws that he makes and and like his pocket presence it, he's almost impossible to sack he's mm-hmm. very very difficult to get on the ground he's very like slippery just yeah he he sees everyone he has eyes in the back of his head he just sees everything all the time the throws are it's just incredible he is Jason Borning this Alabama team to eight wins right now. They're eight and two without Bryce Young. They're they're legit five and five. Like yeah, me, maybe. like that. That's they're they're no better than that without Bryce Young. So yeah, I, I don't I don't have much to say about the rest of their team. I don't think they're very good outside of Bryce Young. I really don't. I think Ole Miss is a better football team, but at the end of the day, it's like hey, you know, our guy's just better than your guy, and we have Bryce and you don't. So like we're yeah, we we like our shot. Ole Miss still could have won this game. Um, but yeah, in, in the end of the day, I think Bryce Young just outplaying, um, opposing quarterbacks is Bama's only recipe to success this, this year, really. Yeah, I, I would say that Quinshad Quinshad Judkins, the true freshman running back for Ole Miss continued to have a, he, he's had a really good year, had another good day, 135 yards and two touchdowns. Um, just something to keep an eye on. We, we knew coming into the season that Zach Evans would be a big name for them and, Ulysses Bentley the fourth was another big name and I guess they've been okay at times they didn't neither one of them really did anything against Bama it's been the, it's been the freshman Judkins who's, who's really yeah. played well Jackson Dart he's, has yeah he's a stud Jackson Dart has been a little a little worse than advertised I think but I, I wonder if maybe maybe he needs one more year in, in Kiffin's relatively complicated system to because I know Matt Corral, his second year with with Kiffin was yeah. a lot better than his yeah. first. So, well, will will Lane Kiffin even be there next year? That's uh, a good question. W- wait till the end of the pod. He, he may not be there by the end of this podcast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a big upset in the Pac-12. Washington beats Oregon thirty-seven to thirty-four. Fun game, back and forth. Third quarter was ridiculous. Really, the whole game was crazy. Michael Penix th- put up another huge game. Bo Nix, a big game, I guess, but also kind of had a few Bo Nix moments in there finally this year. What What are your takeaways on this game here? This one, I was rooting so much for Oregon. Like, I I like the story. I, I would have been a fan of Bo Nix winning the Heisman this year. Like, of, of all the stuff that happened to him, he goes across the country. It's a brand-new coaching staff. He wins the Heisman. They go to the playoff. That would have been awesome. I, it was, it was, I, I think Oregon's a better football team. I think you play yeah. this game over Oregon wins more times than not that, that fourth down where Bo Nix was jumping up and down on the sideline, trying to get into the game. He was hurt a little bit, trying to get back into the game for the fourth and one Ty Thompson's in the game. It was the most there's it's a zone read. All he has to do is keep it. And he walks for a first down, did not do it. Gives it to the running back. The running back slips, just wipes out, goes down and that was kind of game over. Like it, it, yeah, the cards were stacked against you at that point. I feel really bad for Oregon, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was good to see Washington too. Penix has had a revival of a year. Like it's been, he's been, he, he was elite. He was really, really good on Saturday. Some of the throws were just, yeah, they just popped like, my goodness, the arm talent is yeah. there. And you wonder like why it didn't work last year for him. <laughs> like yeah. how does he have like a bad year sandwiched between two good ones? Because this year he's been really, really special. He has. He 
I, I do think you're probably right that Oregon is better than Washington, but I do think that Washington is a really bad matchup for Oregon because Oregon's weakness mm. is definitely the secondary, and that's mm-hmm. what Washington does. <laughs> um, all right. Georgia beat Mississippi State 45 to 19. You're the Georgia fan. Uh, tell us what you yeah. saw. Um, I don't know. Georgia gave up a punt return for a touchdown that kind of made me mad, like about halftime. End of the half, was, right? Yeah, 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 right before halftime. It was close, kind of it was kind of irritating. Like for some reason we have turnovers. Like I don't I don't quite understand it. Kind of fluky stuff too. Like a batted ball that like somehow the guy like just kind of odells it right out of the air. And it was like, oh, okay. Like, is this going to really be like, is that the night that we're going to have? Um, and yeah, it kind of felt like maybe it was. Will Rogers threw the ball 51 times. They ran the ball 15. Mississippi State. You will never beat Georgia with that kind of imbalance. You have to stay balanced to beat Georgia. You have to run the ball with a little bit of success to beat Georgia. Like at, at some point, you, you're going to have to be be balanced because – it gets too. You're just too one-dimensional. Georgia's way. They have way too. They have. They're. They're coached too well to to just be beat by one thing over and over again. Um. So yeah. Once once Mississippi State kind of quit running the ball, you knew it was like this is kind of over. So um. Yeah. It was good to see. It was good to see Georgia not play great, but still get out there and dominate and cover a spread. Um. That uh, that felt really good. Yeah. That was that was really good to see. You worried about kind of a letdown game. You know, on the road after the big Tennessee game, you know, that we all talked about game of the year. How do you rebound after that? You come out on the road and you cover. I'm happy as a Georgia fan. I'm happy with that. So we just, yeah, su- survive in advance. You clinch the East. You'll be going to play LSU in the SEC championship. As long as you win the rest of your, uh, your regular season games against Kentucky and Georgia tech, like you can even lose to, to LSU or you're still in the playoff. So yeah, it's, it's just another step in the right direction for Georgia. Um, I, I'm not willing to go there yet. You said Georgia versus the field last week. Last week you said that. I'm not still not willing to go there, but they're getting closer, man. They're getting closer. When you can hammer somebody when you're playing your, your C plus game and you're still like just beating the brakes off people, that's tough to do. So yeah, I'm I'm getting closer to you on that one. All right. Okay, let's move on to another SEC matchup that was fun for all the wrong reasons. Auburn beats Texas AM 13 to 10. Ashton, you have the floor. <laughs> okay. I don't want the floor. Um, <laughs> oh, my. Okay, first, we're going to start with the positives, right? We're, we're trying to be positive here. Right. Cadillac Williams as the Auburn interim head coach, and I don't know if you watched the the post-game presser that he did, just kind of out there on the field. That was awesome. That was awesome for that guy and for that program. It meant so much to him. I mean, he was, yeah, I mean, a famous running back from back, yeah, from back in the days. And, he had been on the staff, but you got a feeling like with Harson when Harson got fired, the feeling was that Harson didn't really care that much. Like he's an outsider. He's not one of us. Cadillac Williams is one of, I mean, he's literally one of them. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, you saw how much it meant to, not just to him, but to the players, to the, the, I mean, the students were, were like partying on the field for, yeah. I mean, 15, 20 minutes, like no one left. Like everyone just stayed in the game for like 20, like 20 minutes at, or stayed in the stadium after the game was over. The, the yeah, old like older like um retired NFL players were there, like alumni. It was really cool to see. Like that was really neat from the Auburn standpoint. He's not gonna be the guy long term. Like he's not head, he's never been a head coach before, but he absolutely needs to stay on the staff 
Mm. Like in some regard, because that guy is everything that Auburn football is about is really cool. Auburn is they're a program that there's they they deserve better um than what they had. So yeah, awesome for them, huge win, and that that has to feel great. Now to AM and <laughs> Texas AM, they spent $30 million on a recruiting class that was the best recruiting class that we had ever seen before events. We had never seen a better recruiting class yep. than 2021 AM. And and they were they were top five, weren't they in the preseason? They were number five. Number six, I believe. Was it was it, was it six? Okay. Number yep. six in, in preseason polls. They are now last place in the SEC. Not the SEC West, the SEC. They they currently rank behind Vanderbilt. They rank <laughs> behind Auburn. They rank behind South Carolina. Missouri. These, <laughs> Missouri's another one. All of these programs, they are behind. Say Vanderbilt again. Just say Vanderbilt one more time. And they're behind Vanderbilt. (laughs) They are three and seven. Long gone. I mean, the chance of a bowl game is long gone. They they have no shot at a bowl. They will not be playing in a bowl game. You're not going to be getting all those extra practices, those bowl practices for these freshmen. A&M has real trouble, man. They have real problems. The buyout, I, I, I thought it was 95. It's only 85 million. <laughs> so like Jimbo's buyout, but it's fully guaranteed. Like he's getting the whole 85. So you, you really can't fire him. And I know the hitmen, like that's cheaper, but like you still like, he's the guy. Like yep. that was just a joke. He's the dude. He has to stay there. I don't know what you do. Like I have, I don't know what you do. It was bad, but you think that, Dude, with that much talent, like their floor is six and six. Like they can't, it can't get worse than six and six. They're losing games to bad teams. They're not good. AM is not a good. They would lose to Illinois tomorrow on a neutral yeah. field. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow. Easy. They would lose, they would lose to Illinois. I man, I don't know. I don't know. I back to you. What 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 are we <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we doing at AM? Uh, it's so bad. It's so bad. This has been kind of a thing the last couple of weeks. There's a little talk out there that a bunch of their players have the portal flu. <laughs> like they have guys sitting out with the flu. Um, I, it's, I, I do worry one. for them that it, it, there will be a mass exodus this offseason of players leaving. Of course there will. Of course. I. Is it possible that that could be okay? Like that that might be mm. the best thing for them to – everyone that stays there actually wants to be there and let's go try to win seven games next year, eight mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. and like build something a little more from the foundation. I, I do think like this, this might all go away. We might be shocked a year from now at, at the turnaround. If all they have to do is stay right in Texas, I know. hire Garrett Riley away from TCU. Truth. Throw, Truth. Throw $2 million a year at Garrett Riley Hand him the keys to the offense. Let Jimbo just recruit. That's all. That's all Jimbo needs to do is that's just recruit. All you have to do, the, and, the and offense, it would be great. The the offense, it, it's one thing for it to be bad, but when it's so terrible, like so terrible, they they didn't score points through three quarters. You got shut out by Auburn, who does not have a good defense. <laughs> they do not. I watched them in game. They do not have a good defense, and they cannot really stop the run. And they stopped, they completely stopped your running game. You didn't even run for a hundred yards all game against Auburn. 
I do I don't understand. Like I I don't know what they're really paying Jimbo that much money for. Like I don't he's the he's the offensive genius, but like his offenses really suck. He hasn't had a good offense since Jameis left Florida State. Eh, like I don't yeah I don't understand it, man. I don't understand it. And he's not going to give up the keys to the offense. I I would be shocked if he gives up the keys to that offense. That that's his thing. That's what he does, huh? Well, sure. <laughs> Does he? Does he do it? I don't know. He, I, I, don't know. I, I do wonder, like, I, there's got to be some level of personal pride in a coach like that where you have to see this is not working. Like, you have and, – and at some point you have to care more about your, your win-loss record than you do about who gets the credit for calling the offense and the brilliant plays, mm-hmm. right? Like, isn't there something like that where, where – I have now come to the point where I care more about winning the games than I care about, oh, I called the play or somebody else mm-hmm. called the play that I hired, by the they, way. Auburn had three turnovers, A&M only had one, so they won the mm. turnover battle. Um, and, yeah, still still lost, still lost. They, they, yeah, I don't know. Auburn physically dominated them, and that that's not something that you would have – that's just not what you would have thought. Like, you would have – like, A&M can – I mean, shoot, like they have enough, enough good receivers. Like they'll, they'll do something. Connor Wigman's a five-star. Like they'll be, they'll be okay. Yeah. That, it was Evan Stewart was, I mean, pretty much like nothing. To, I mean, almost non-existent. A-Chain didn't even play in the game. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know that Georgia needs to line up to steal some of those players as <laughs> on their yeah. way out here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, the uh, Garrett Riley just makes way too much sense for them right in Texas yeah. Uh, the if Garrett Riley is not their offensive coordinator next year, it better be because Alabama hired him. Like <laughs> that's pretty much the only way that it's okay acceptable like for AM not to have. Just saying. Yep, agreed. All right, let's move on to some teams that actually know how to play offense. North Carolina beat Wake Forest 36 to 34. Didn't really make sense to us that Wake Forest was favored. Um it was tight. Drake May continues to be great. Mm-hmm. Good game. Nice. It, some of these games between Carolina and Wake Forest in, in previous years have been like in the 50s. So this yeah. this did resemble a little bit more normal football, 36 to 34. Still still a good offensive output. Any any takeaways for you from this one? By the way, I should mention North Carolina clinched their side of the ACC, so they will be facing mm-hmm. Clemson in the ACC championship game. Right. 9 and 1. The non-zero, remember last week we gave North Carolina a non-zero chance at making the playoff, like mm-hmm. just a sliver, like kind of like an also-ran candidate, like they just a sliver. It went up a little bit. It yeah. went up just a little bit. They keep having these ugly wins, man. Like they, there's so many games. You look, you look down, like down their schedule. They beat App State by two. They beat Georgia State, Georgia State by seven. Miami by three. Miami's not very good. They beat Duke by three. They beat Virginia by three. They beat Wake Forest by two. Like they just keep sneaking these wins out, but they're nine and one, man. They're nine and one. And if they go and if they beat Clemson, I think they probably get in. Like I think they probably get in over a non division team. You think of like, yeah, Michigan or Tennessee, like one of them two teams. Yeah, like I, North Carolina can still get into the playoff. It went up just a little bit. It went up just a sliver. They have a better chance this week than they did, than they did last. Who's the best quarterback in the country? <laughs> um, Bryce Young. Bryce Young's the best. Yeah, that's yeah, probably fair. Yeah, I think, but Drake, I think, Drake, Drake, Drake May's top five. Drake May is top five. I think he might be top two. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Better than CJ Stroud? You he's think so? so good, dude. He's so, yeah. He's just as toolsy as CJ Stroud. Plus, he can run. And, uh, yeah. What's toolsy? He's toolsy. What's that? He, he can do everything. He can he can make all the throws. He he has yeah. all. It's it's kind of an NFL term. Like okay, toolsy. Just, I like that. He has yeah. all the tools. <laughs> <laughs> NFL scouts love that. But he's also like he's he has all the tools Will Levis has, but he's actually good. Yeah, right. <laughs> he makes good decisions. Right. <laughs> he's, he's accurate. I, Will Will Levis, you know that Joe Milton guy that's like the backup for Tennessee? Yeah. That like he has like just a cannon. He yeah. absolute rocket, but he throws it like four yards into the bleachers every every time. That's kind of like what Will Levis is. Yeah. Like man, like I have such arm talent, and it doesn't matter if I'm accurate or not. I can't make any decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Big matchup in Texas. TCU beat Texas 17 to 10. Another line we didn't think made sense. Um, Texas was favored by seven going into this yeah. game. Yeah. You were talking about a sliver of hope for North Carolina making the playoff. Like, yes, mm-hmm. I was, I was, I've been working under the impression that TCU would lose a game at some point. I'm not right. so sure anymore. <laughs> I, yeah, no, uh, agreed. They were a seven point dog in, mm-hmm. in this game on the road. This was a lock fight, I believe between yes. um, me and you. Mm-hmm. Man, this this game was never in doubt. Texas's their their lone touchdown was a defensive score where like yeah, Duggan kind of like it was yeah, it was a bad play from 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 Duggan, but still like it wasn't because Texas had an incredible offense. Quinn Ewers perhaps not the guy. Like Duggan absolutely outplayed Ewers, like no doubt about it. Like he was the the yeah, he was the better quarterback. And TCU ran the ball on Texas, which is something that not many like. Alabama didn't really like, and that's with Jameer Gibbs. So yeah, I, I was really impressed with TCU games that you have to win. We talked about teams really showing who they really are in November. Who's your, what's your true colors? TCU could be a playoff team. TCU could absolutely be be a playoff team and they could deserve to be this TCU team. Maybe they are just one of the four best teams in the country. Like I'm kind of willing to go there at this point. Yeah, they, they might be. They just keep finding ways to win. Their defense played really well this game. You still you still have to feel like – I mean, they only scored 17 this game, but you have to feel sure. like with Max Duggan and Quentin Johnston, like their offense is going to be just fine going forward. As far as Texas goes, you mentioned Quinn Ewers. Does it not feel like he needs, he needs to just go ahead and play three more years of college football and he'll be pretty dang good at that? Like after that, because because it feels like he he yeah. needs reps. Like his ceiling is really high, and you see it, but then you see games like this where he just yeah. can't make a throw. He's his footwork is terrible. Accuracy fails because of his footwork. Just mm-hmm. lazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I no, I agree. Remember, remember, he never played his senior year of high school. Like right. he, he he kind of forewent that. Went to Ohio State. Didn't play at all there. Um, yeah, you see some of his accuracy, like, like the Oklahoma state game that he played where he, I think he had 30 some incompletions, which is hard to do. Like he had 30 incompletions. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I have, I have, I have no issues there. I, he's, he's not a, a, yeah, you, you mentioned high ceiling guy, all the arm talent decisions though. Like I'm, I'm becoming a less of a believer in arm talent. Like I like the decision makers, man. Yeah. Like the guys who like Bryce is kind of that unique blend of both. Like mm-hmm. he, he makes good decisions all the time, but still has elite talent, like just arm talent. But I mean, Stetson Bennett 
is a better college quarterback right now than Quinn Ewers is. And yeah. maybe it's because he has more reps, but like you, you would trust Stetson over Ewers. Whereas, I mean, no one even thinks of Stetson as an NFL quarterback and Ewers is, is going to probably, probably be one, but he would have, he would have outplayed him. Like he will outplay any of these guys. And the, well, okay. You don't want to get into that. The list of quarterbacks that Stetson Bennett has outplayed head to head is yeah, it's tremendous. Like you don't even <laughs> want to kind of go into that. So that's just a wormhole. Um, but yeah, I, Ewers. Okay. Arch Manning was on campus for this game, mm-hmm. right? Any chance Arch sees this and be and it's just like I'm I I have to go somewhere else. Like I Tennessee looks pretty enticing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like all these other schools that want me, why am I going to this? Look at that offense. I I think that maybe the opposite could be true where he he sees that and says, I could be playing by week three next year. <laughs> like oh. uh yeah, I I don't think we're going to see Arch Manning decommit. I just don't think he would have committed if he wasn't hundred percent sold. Um, it just, they don't, the Mannings don't strike me as that type of family. I could be wrong. Mm. We've all been wrong before. Um, <laughs> I, I do think it. that, for it. Yeah. I, I think that Texas Sark is, is it fair to say his offense is elite in the first half? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like right. just looking at what Texas has been over his two years there, they, it seems like they, they always come out with, for the most part, they come out with a good plan and they put up points in the first half and then the defense mm-hmm. adjusts and they aren't able to counter adjust. Yeah. And yeah, fair. And I, I think you can make the argument that if they, if they have a little better offensive line play, if they have a quarterback who makes them better decisions, maybe like an arch manning, maybe it works out better. Like maybe they're up 49 to three every halftime and they don't have to worry about making second half adjustments. Or maybe, maybe we just think, yeah, Sark had four first round receivers and two NFL quarterbacks at Alabama. We get to see all the cool plays that he runs there. And then you take away all the first round receivers and all the NFL quarterbacks out of the system. And suddenly it looks kind of, yeah, normal. Are we sure Sark's that good? That's just a question. That's that's, that's just don't even go there. Question. It's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. One more game we should just mention real quick. Arizona upsets UCLA thirty-four to twenty-eight. Evening yeah. night slash night game in the Pac-12. So probably nobody watched it. Yeah. Uh, but it is sneaky big. UCLA still had an outside shot at the yeah. playoff. UCLA and Oregon both going down. Big uh, rough day for the Pac-12. I mean, they're pretty much down to USC or bust. Right. I do think like USC, they finish their last two games here, UCLA and Notre Dame, and then they'll have the Pac-12 championship game. If they are somehow able to win out, I, I do think they're probably in the playoff. Um, that said, I don't think they're going to win out. <laughs> no. um, yeah. yeah. I, this, this was, this one hurt. Like I was rooting for some, some, some good Pac-12, like just like excitement, you know, down yeah. the stretch. We needed to see one loss UCLA, one loss USC, and a one loss Oregon in the last two weeks. Like that's yeah. what we needed. We're not getting it. Yep. Um, we have to have USC beat UCLA this week. That's their only chance. Um, mm-hmm. The Pac-12's only chance of getting in the playoff. That's a bummer, man. I, I kind of wanted to see either. Yeah, I want to see DTR go to a playoff or Bo Nix. Um, I I was rooting for that the jerseys alone are incredible. Like yes. what other reason would you, I mean, the jerseys between Oregon and UCLA are just, that's awesome. But 
yeah, it's a bummer. I don't know. They both lost. And this is a game. I mean, UCLA, UCLA is better than Arizona. Arizona is not very good. UCLA should have won this game. Kind of, they kind of chip Kelly it just a little bit. Like this is a game where you should have just, you should have this like Georgia just put it puts teams away. This is where you had to find a way to win ugly. You had to find a way to do what LSU did with Brian Kelly. You didn't like LSU was able to win ugly and yeah, you couldn't, you let Arizona hang around and beat you. Yeah. It didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a rough look. Arizona has played better this year. Jaden Delores played pretty well at quarterback and it just feels like they're, they're slowly building something and they, and they managed to reach up and get UCLA, which good for Arizona <laughs> rough look for the PAC 12. Just yeah. In general, this weekend. Yep. All right. Recapping the locks for the week this year, this weekend. Uh, Ashton, you only had one. You took TCU plus seven. Good pick yep. by you. You won there. You're now 18 and 14 on the season. Mm-hmm. So I, on the other hand, I took six six picks, which has been about my average for the year. And we right. we talked about it. Um, I've had this thing where lines don't make sense, so I bet against them, right. and I lose. So this last week, I decided to flip it and took a couple lines that did not make sense, decided, okay, Vegas, I'll trust you. I took them and I lost. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I can't f- seem to figure it out this year. I'm two and four, two and four this last weekend, 27, 43 and two on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm having a pretty good week when it co- a pretty good year when it comes to the season win totals, mm. but it has not, tr- it has not transferred over to my week to week picks. So mm. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we can get that better for you next year. Follow Ashton. He's having a pretty solid year. 18 and 14. It's going better. That's right. Yeah. Okay, let's preview this upcoming week, week 12. I'll just run through these, Ashton. You stop me when you want to talk about a game. All right. Okay. So it starts yeah. Thursday night. We have SMU at Tulane. Tulane, a three point favorite. Bit of a big matchup for the AAC. Any thoughts there? No, no, not really. I, I do think you, you can still consider Tulane and just like the, the possibility of highest group of five team. And then right. you can make like, like a, yeah, a new year's bowl. Um, other than that, it's, it's entertainment. Like it is entertainment. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be a lot of points. The, 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 the over-unders at 65 are expecting a shootout. <laughs> so that's fun. Right. Okay. Saturday's slate. TCU is at Baylor. TCU, obviously they need to win out. They, they have a chance of, to do that. Only a two and a half point favorite at Baylor here, which feels like kind of a weird line, but I also recognize, like, I don't know that. <sighs> I have thoughts. Yeah. Let me let me put it to you, Ashton. Like, does this line make sense to you? And what are you looking for in this game? I I don't think we're learning our lesson with TCU. I think TCU is a little underrated. This will be one of my locks of the week. Right. Um, two and a half. Are you kidding? I I mean, yes. Please, let's go. If we're going to continue to do that, yeah, I, I think TCU wins. I think TCU covers. Um, two and a half is – that's that's so cheap. That's so cheap for a top four team. I don't care if it's on the road or not. But, yeah, whatever. Dave Aranda, he's a great defensive mind. Sure, that's fine. Um, I think TCU is playing some really good defense right now too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in the Horned Frogs. I think – I just think they're undervalued. I think I agree with everything you said. I do think that – there's probably a better, like a, there's a significantly better chance of an upset here than in a typical unranked versus top four team matchup. I agree. But I do think TCU is the side to be on here for sure. Okay. Illinois is at Michigan, Michigan, a 17 and a half point favorite, probably a little less luster on this game than there was before with Illinois now with three losses. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Kansas State is at West Virginia. Kansas State is seven and a half point favorite. They're kind of in the driver's seat to face TCU in the Big 12 uh, title game. Yes. West Virginia, they're basically playing to upset teams. They just did it last week with Oklahoma. Um, if you have ESPN Plus, maybe check in on this game. But yeah, I probably won't be watching it myself. What about you? Well, yeah, I don't have ESPN Plus. So, like, I have no chance of even watching it. Uh, right. I, I don't really like, uh, yeah, I don't like how they, some of these things are hidden now. Like, this is yeah. 2022, man. We should be able to watch any game. Like, I, yeah, I don't like how there's, there's so much that we can't watch right now. Yeah. All right. Boston College is at Notre Dame. Notre Dame, a 20 and a half point favorite. Uh, Boston College coming off maybe their biggest win of the season where they upset NC State. And that was without, um, Phil Dracovic, who I, I suspect we may not see again this year. They mm. seem to have found another quarterback. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's Boston College, Notre Dame, semi-rivalry. Any any chance that there's maybe an upset here or anything you're looking for as an outsider? You tell me. You tell me. I, I really am not sure. I, I would have been way more confident like a week ago that Notre mm. Dame could win and cover. Um, yeah, the way they kind of played with their food right there with Navy is it's a little that's concerning. We'll say that's concerning. Yeah. And the lack of the lack of points scored in the second half of games, the lack of yep. offense in the second half of game for Notre Dame is is also very concerning. So yeah, I'm do not bet on this. Um, Boston College would be the side if anywhere, but I would just yeah, save your money, stay away from this game. All right, NC State is at Louisville, Louisville, three and a half point favorite. I threw this in there just because it's kind of a fun ACC matchup. I don't know if there's anything interesting about this game to you. Mm. Louisville's, yeah, the microwave, they can be hot or cold. You're not really sure which, and they can heat up instantly, man. Like that, you're not really sure what you're getting with Louisville. They're the Jamal Crawford of college football. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the sixth man off the bench, like that kind of guy. Um, yeah. I know. I like that. Just to really get hammered, like against Clemson, that was a game where. Vegas kind of had it as a close game, you know, like, like yeah. this could go either way and, and Louisville could, yeah, they could kind of, yeah, they could do anything here. You're playing NC state and then you finish up at Kentucky. I, I think they take, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even comment on the Kentucky game to finish out the year. I think NC state wins. I think NC state bounces back beats Louisville. Yeah. I, I just think NC state's a more consistent team, even though I, I'd have a hard time proving that after last week, yeah. <laughs> the loss to Boston college. I, yeah. St again, please stay away from these games. The ACC is tricky. Yeah. Sneaky big game for, for us Notre Dame fans, because we really want MJ Morris to just like put a firm grip on that starting quarterback job. So Devin Larry needs to find a new home next year. Oh, is you think that's going to happen? It's, it's been floated out. There. Okay, you Just, guys are looking at every single quarterback. Yes, that we even are. Has even has a potential <laughs> of of transferring anywhere. Like, yeah, is it is it that desperate? Can't you recruit one? Well, we'll talk more about that. But I I think Notre Dame is is bringing in a transfer next year to start next year. They're, they're bringing really? in a, they're bringing in a five star for in the class of twenty four, and it looks like they're going to bring in a four-star next year, but you don't want, you don't want to rely on a true freshman. And you know, sure. they still have Tyler Buckner. Most likely he'll still be there next year. Like, and yeah. if he be, if he beats out the transfer, then great. That's, that's great. But they really wish they would have brought one in this year. Just look at it. Okay. Say, just look at it that way. Okay. Like how much no. better would their season be right now with a Brennan Armstrong at quarterback instead of Drew Pine? Uh, yeah, I don't I'm know. just saying it might be a lot better. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll take your word for it. 
All right. Anyway, Miami is at Clemson. Clemson, the 19.5-point favorite. Miami has looked like all kinds of trash most of the year. They did finally – they kind of blew out Georgia Tech last weekend. Yeah. Clemson has looked pretty good most of the year. Obviously, they lost to Notre Dame pretty bad, but bounced back, like you said, against Louisville last week. Like, is there any chance, like, Miami's talent, like, finally decides to play hard this one game and and makes it scary? There's always that chance with talented teams that they might just wake up for one week. Like this is we we this is our Super Bowl and we're gonna just come hit you in the mouth and and play up to the talent like on the on the other side. Possibility, I think it's unlikely. I don't I don't think Cristobal is not necessarily a great game day coach, and I think he would have to be right. to beat Clemson with this Miami team. So yeah, their quarterback situation's a mess. Usually you you need a, at least some some consistency a little bit from your quarterback to pull off an upset. I don't think they have it. I don't think they'll get it done. And we're going to talk a little more about the future of Miami quarterback in the end of the episode. So just stay go. tuned for that. All right. Texas is at Kansas, Texas, a nine and a half point favorite. Obviously Kansas always beats Texas. <laughs> Not quite, but like, what uh-huh. yeah. does this interest you at all? Like, what does this game mean to you? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it means really nothing to me. Um, yeah. Two, six and four teams in the big 12, man. Like they could, both of these teams, they could have won the big 12, like just like a yeah. month ago. Either one of these teams could have won the Big Twelve. I think Kansas was six and zero. And I think have they lost four straight, um, or no? They were five. They were sorry. They were five and zero, and yeah, they were sorry. Yeah, they were. They started out five and zero, and then have lost for the last five. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know. I don't I don't know about either one of these teams. Again, <laughs> ACC and Big Twelve. You're you're just not really sure. So <laughs> true. You can even lump in the yeah the Big Ten West. There's just a, it's just a mess, man. Like there's there's no teams that are like just yeah stepping up and kind of grabbing it by the throat. So. Right. Um, yeah, it means nothing to me. Anything to you at all? Oh, uh, I think it might be a fun game to tune into, and that's maybe about it. But okay, I, yeah. I probably won't watch anything of that. Yeah. All right. Georgia is at Kentucky. This was a huge game a year ago. This year, Georgia yeah. favored by twenty-two and a half, and it feels like Kentucky is just. I mean, it's all relative because Kentucky football historically has been pretty bad, but this is this is pretty bad by recent Mark Stoop standards, and Georgia yeah. is the best team in the country. Feels like this should not be a thing at all, right? Like, there's no reason to tune into this game unless you're a Georgia or Kentucky fan. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. I, I think, I think, I think Georgia's defensive line really gets after Kentucky here. I think they they sack Will Levis. Will Levis, man, I, I, I don't think he's going to have a good day at all against this defense. If you can't go off against Vanderbilt's defense, you have zero chance of going off against this Georgia defense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a shutout. I don't think Kentucky scores more than 10 points unless there's like a defensive score, punt return, something like a fumble. Right. Yeah. And you get real good field, field position. They're not going 80 yards against this Georgia defense. I don't see it. Yeah. I'm talking about this game later. Okay. So we have four teams tied for first place in the Big Ten West. Two of yes. them played last week with yeah. Illinois and Purdue. Now, the other two play this week. Iowa is at Minnesota. Minnesota is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Ashton, do you have any idea what is going to happen in this game? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, <laughs> I would be leaning Minnesota, right? Okay. Because I'm, Mainly because I've been burned on the Ferences. It's a home game, right? We can at least mm-hmm. drum up a little support home game for the, the Gophers. <laughs> I Yes, let's go with the Golden Gophers to win and to cover. Not a lock. Don't get that confused. Not betting on on the Gophers as a lock. 
but, but yes, go ahead. Have you seen the total? Because I want you to guess what the total is if you haven't. I'm uh, I'm going to say okay. We know it's Iowa, so it's under forty. Iowa doesn't do totals <laughs> over forty, so we're in the thirties. I'm going to say thirty-four points. Thirty-two and a half. <laughs> this total hey. is so freaking low, and I cannot tell you with a straight face that it's too low. Yeah, yeah. Both of yeah. these teams play great defense, and Iowa has looked better as of late. Yes. I yes. have no idea what's going to happen this game. I I just I have no idea. But it's important Iowa, to know that. Iowa Iowa has scored 24 against Wisconsin, 24 against Purdue and 33 against Northwestern. This is practically a a just a point blitz from the Hawkeyes. Um Brian Ferentz has really figured out something with the play calling. No Maybe doubt. Maybe Jimbo should hire him. At I I like that. I like that. If we could get Jimbo <laughs> to hire Brian Ferentz, that would be that would be a good time. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, Ole Miss is at Arkansas. Ole Miss a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Not a, not like a ton of big stakes here, but this is a reminder. This is the type of game that is st- it still matters to both of these teams. Like, this is still mm-hmm. a fun matchup, and this is just one of those games that, yeah, college football still matters even when it doesn't have – like, there's no playoff meaning attached to it. Right, right. Ole Miss favored by two-and-a-half. That's surprisingly low, isn't it? Like, are we we just if if KJ if KJ's healthy, you like Arkansas. If KJ is not healthy, Arkansas's offense is not very good. That's true. Um, as we as we saw last week. So yeah, yeah, it all depends on his health. If you if you kind of yeah, you think KJ's going, I would be okay with taking Arkansas at that mm-hmm. number. I think they could beat Ole Miss outright. Um, yeah, I but we're we're not sure. So yeah, I would I would just stay away from it for now. Resume game for Lane Kiffin. I, I don't think he needs a resume. I mean, his resume is, yeah. is Ole Miss eight and two. Like I was, you know, or he was eight and one, like last week. Now eight and two after the loss to Bama. I mean, they were, yeah, top eleven team. I mean, he, yep. Yeah, he doesn't need any. Lane Kiffin's resume speaks for itself at this point. He can get whatever job, kind of whatever job he wants. Auburn would have him gladly. Um, Nebraska would gladly have him. He Lane Kiffin can go wherever he wants this offseason. It's a, it's. I think for him, it's just a question of is Ole Miss going to step up and pay what other people pay. And then they're going to pay my assistants what they would be getting other places. Mm-hmm. I hope he goes to Auburn. That's just between me and you, whatever. I don't want Deion Sanders anywhere near the Auburn Tigers. Um, yeah. I, I just, let's just leave it there. I, we don't want to get into much, too much speculation. That would be very fun. Put it that way. It would, it would be good times. Yes. All right. Bedlam, Oklahoma state is at Oklahoma, Oklahoma, a seven and a half point favorite. Any <laughs> any thoughts? What 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 are, what goes through your mind on this game? How how Oklahoma is favored against Oklahoma State after the way they've played all year is shocking to me. Mm-hmm. It's they're over a touchdown favorite. Yeah. Oklahoma State is the side simply because Oklahoma is massively like that. That is way overvalued right now. That's way too high. Yeah, Oklahoma State's the side for me to at least cover. They may win outright. I think Oklahoma State, over the course of the year, has been the best football team. Like, what have we seen that make make us think that the Sooners are going to come out and cover, you know, uh, being favored by seven and a half? So, yeah, I, I like Oklahoma State in this one. I think the I think Gundy will coach circles around Venables hmm. um, in, in this game. I think I just right now he's the better coach. Venables can still learn. I'm not trying to trash Venables. I like Venables. Um, but yeah, Gundy is, he's the, the model of consistency that, that guy will win nine games, whether you like it or not. 
So yeah, I'm mm-hmm. let's let's go with uh let's go with Oklahoma State. All right. USC is at UCLA. USA one and a half point favorite. You got to tune into this game if for nothing else in the uniform matchup. They both wear their home uniforms. It's always beautiful red and red yeah. and baby blue. That's um, right. But yeah, it is sneaky important. Do you feel like USC will win this game? Because they kind of need. I mean, they need it. They need this bad. Yeah. We've right. talked about it for a long time. Like the the type of team that can beat USC is a is a physical team. We saw it with <laughs> Utah earlier. It was close. Utah managed to give USC their only loss so far. Is is UCLA kind of the same type of thing? Do you think they'll Maybe. push them around, or is USC just better? I don't know. We're gonna find out. I I really. I mean, Vegas has the over under at seventy five, which is huge. Wow. That, that's a huge number. So I mean, we're thinking shootout, right? So even if you do, like, even if you're not able to stop Charbonnet and and DTR, like from UCLA they still think that Caleb Williams is going to be able to move the ball on UCLA. And, and yeah, that defense for UCLA has given them, them no reason to think anything else. So we're thinking shootout and you know, who do you like, who do you trust more in a shootout? I would probably lean UCLA to bounce back and win. Um, and by, yeah. And then also cover, I guess, by, by definition. So I would probably lean UCLA. It would be slight. I think both of these teams are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't know if it, this one is worth mentioning, but UAB is at LSU, LSU a 14 and a half point favorite, uh, which means that Vegas doesn't fe- think it's like a huge blowout. So I guess it is worth mentioning just because of that. Uh, there's, uh, there's no chance that UAB makes it tighter than comfortable. I mean, there's no. probably that no. chance. No, okay. No. All right. No, no chance. Next game. Yeah. All right. Last game we want to talk about Utah is at Oregon. Oregon a three-point favorite. I this game should mean so much more, shouldn't it? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, they should. You're right. But both teams eight and two, six and one in conference. They both had bad week one losses to SEC teams. They were kind of the same program for a while. They yeah. played for the Big 12 championship last year. Um, and yeah, Utah blew them out. But you think like Oregon's getting better. That loss to Washington last week for Oregon is so deflating, yeah. so deflating. I think that loss could actually cost them another game. Like I think they're so yeah. hungover from that loss, they might lose this one too because I think Utah just shows up and just kind of punches you in the mouth. Both of these teams are really good against their against the spread, kind of undervalued by Vegas. So they've had good years. Both of these teams have had good years, but it should mean so much. It's so close to meaning way, way more right? than it does. It's a bummer <laughs> that it doesn't. It could be these guys could be playoff teams this year. Oregon, Utah could be playoff teams. They could be, and they're not. And that's yeah, it's it's disappointing. Yeah, I do think Cam Rising will probably have a pretty big day against Oregon secondary. Might come down to how well they can defend him. Mm. Okay. Ashton, what are your five games to watch of week 12? So we, we have, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting week. I'm going to go with Michigan, Illinois, playoff implications, Baylor, TCU, again, mm-hmm. playoff implications. We're going to, we're going to go with Utah, Oregon, mm-hmm. USC, UCLA, the uniforms. You have to watch because of the uniforms. And then I think Tennessee, South Carolina is number Ooh. five. Tennessee, South Carolina is number five. I think that one's going to be fun. All right. We didn't even preview that one. Do you have any thoughts on that game? Um, I have a lock on that one. Okay. I think South Carolina shows up 
It's a home game. Tennessee's not very good on the road. They have not done, they have not played well on the road. I think South Carolina has some good pass rushers. I think Jordan Birch can get after the passer. Hennon Hooker struggles when he's pressured. I think South Carolina, you, you talk about teams getting it together for one game and playing a Super Bowl, like their own Super Bowl. Spencer Rattler, I think he's going to play really well. He has the ability to. I think he I think he will this game. I think he's going to play really well. They're going to feed Marshawn Lloyd. I think South Carolina has good receivers and good tight ends. And I kind of like I think they have a decent enough defense. I think they're going to they have athletes. South mm-hmm. Carolina and Tennessee, if you compared them walking off the bus, they don't they don't look different. That's the same team. They they recruit the same types of types of players. Tennessee has has had a much better year, but South Carolina still has the athletes to go with them. I think this game I think williams Bryce's is a night game in South Carolina. That place is underrated, underrated as a nighttime venue. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be close. Tennessee will win, but South Carolina will cover. You could even convince me to sprinkle a couple of bucks on the money line for South Carolina. Like, I think wow. it could be it could be really, really fun. It's going to be a top five game to watch. I don't see it being a blowout. Okay. So my five, I'll just run through chronological order. I got TCU at Baylor. I've got Ole Miss at Arkansas. I think that's a fun matchup, even though it doesn't have huge stakes. I got Bedlam, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Again, no stakes. I just think it's a fun rivalry, and it's going away soon. So enjoy while you have it. True. I got USC at UCLA. USC obviously needs that game big time for them. And I have Utah at Oregon. Disappointing, like we mentioned, that it doesn't mean more, but it's still still a fun matchup, still a clash of styles in some ways, and – yeah, it's a ranked on rank matchup, so we'll go with that one for number five. Okay, well, you already kind of got us started on the locks. Is you said South Carolina? That's one of your locks. You want to just any final thoughts? Add anything to what you already said on that one? The, the numbers at twenty one and a half. I got your twenty two, by the way. Even better, even better. Right over that that three touchdown mark that we like so much, right? So you're taking care of that right. that three touchdowns. I think it stays close. I, I I think you saw something on the road when Tennessee went on the road to Georgia. The atmosphere in South Carolina is going to be very similar. There's a possibility that it rains. We know Tennessee, like that's going to affect them more than South Carolina. I think South Carolina runs the ball. Yeah, I mean, kind of everything I said. I think they run the ball. Rattler takes some shots. I think he hits them. I think he plays really well. Yeah, when you have a quarterback with that much talent, you always have to be a little worried that he comes out and plays just the game of his life because he has the he has the capability to beat you. He really does. Like Rattler, he has that elite ceiling that that he can go to. He doesn't go there much, almost never, but he can do it. So, I yeah, I I I like what Beamer's doing. I think South Carolina cuts it loose a little bit on offense, and and they don't have to win. I think they keep this one really close. I yeah, that's one of my locks for sure. Twenty two is a great number. I'm so glad you're there because I'm fighting you. Let's go. <laughs> this is a lock Let's fight. Go. I'm on okay. Tennessee. I got I got them at minus 21 and a half. I think that okay, so last week Tennessee put up 66 points in Mizzou. Yep. Mizzou's defense is better than South Carolina's. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um I agree. And I think Tennessee is in full blown. Let's make our resume look as nice as possible so we can still make the playoff, even though we're not going to the SEC championship game mode. Right. right. I think that's what Tennessee's doing. They're not going to sit on a two-touchdown lead. They're going to put up as many points as they possibly can. 
<laughs> and I combined that with the thought that this is not a very original take by me, hmm. but I do stand by it. South Carolina sucks. Okay. <laughs> so that all adds up. I'm taking Tennessee minus 21 and a half. So I'm glad okay. we have a lock fight. There we go. We, we've actually had a lot. We, we started off the year, had almost none. And yep. then, yeah, we've had a lot of them recently. I will say, for the better out there, um, I'm doing much better in those yeah, uh, than, than Vince is. So th- this, this just is good means news. I can catch up. That's right. Good news for South Carolina fans is that um, yeah. I'm actually on your side. But no, I, yeah, I feel pretty good about this one. I really do. I, right. I, I like, I, they're coming off a bad loss. South Carolina's coming off a bad loss to Florida. You get to come home. Beamer has the guys, those guys ready to play. There will be a lot of energy there. If they can keep that game close until halftime, like that, the whole, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to have its own energy. We'll say that that's going to be a, that's going to be a happening place around halftime. I, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. What, what else do you got? Um, like I said earlier, I had the TCU. I, mm-hmm. I have TCU covering, was it two and a half yes. um, against Baylor? Again, love the number, just under the field goal there. You're going to win. You're going to cover on the road um, at McLean Stadium in Waco. Yeah, I, I, TCU, they're just – they're underrated. They're they're undervalued just as a um, – yeah, by Vegas. They're 8-1-1 one, and one against the spread this year. 8-1-1 one, and one against the spread in 10 games. That's incredible. That's incredible. You, you should just bet on – pretty much bet on TCU every time until Vegas just starts making numbers way too big. Three, three, it should be more like 10 for me. Like, I, I think 10 is a more appropriate number than three. Yeah, I really like where, where TCU's at right now. They have everything to play for. Baylor does not. So, yeah, I, I like, um, I like Max Duggan and the guys to get it done. Yeah. So, we have one lock fight. This is one where we are agreeing. We have lock mm-hmm. agreement on this one. I don't know if I'd go 10, but I think I would probably set this line at like seven and a half, like just over a touchdown. It's two and a half. I'm not sure why. Maybe Vegas knows something. And I, I said before that this feels like a relatively decent size chance of an upset. That being said, right. the line is two and a half. And I think TCU has like a 70 to 80% chance of winning this game. Right. And yeah, I just feel like most likely they're going to win this game by at least a field goal. Um, I just trust them a lot more. I mean, at what point do you just start saying that you trust a team because they just keep doing it over and over and over again. And and I think there's, there's something too, that when, when Vegas doesn't, when, when you get this late in the season and they're continuing to be wrong week after week after week mm-hmm. on a certain team, like, and, and the line doesn't reflect it. Like, like they're not, sometimes you'll see Vegas make a, like a big shift to where like, Oh, we like, we, we misvalued this team. We're going to, we're going to make sure you're not going to make any money on them next week. They're not with TCU. They're continuing to give these low ball lines like they did last week against Texas. TCU was just a better football team than Texas and Texas was favored by seven. Like that, that made no sense to me. So yeah. And this line again, just suspiciously low. I, I like TCU. I just think they're, they're undervalued. I will say our lock agreements have not done very well this year. <laughs> so maybe this is actually bad news for TCU. I'm so sorry, um, TCU. Like I really like you and, and I yeah. want you to do well. And here I am yeah. giving you a kiss of death. <laughs> it's an 11 AM local kick which is actually a good thing. You, like you'd rather not play them at night if possible. So yeah, I mean, it is on the road, but at least it's like 11, um, yeah. 11 AM. Yeah. Is that all you have on your card? I only have two. Yeah. You know me. I'm disciplined. Right. I disciplined Ashton. Yeah. Well, I'm going to fight against that. See if I can t- 
talk you into a few more here. Okay. All right. So I got Michigan State minus 10.5 against Indiana. I just don't think Indiana is very good, and it pains me mm. to say that. They're one of my teams. I think Tom Allen, he's on the hot seat pretty hardcore. USF needs a needs a coach. He came to Indiana from USF. He was their defensive coordinator. Came over to Indiana as their defensive coordinator before taking the head coaching job. I think maybe he would be a better fit at USF than Indiana at this point. I just – Indiana's just not very good. Mm-hmm. I know they played – Ohio State last week, and that's not very fair to compare them in that type of matchup. Uh-huh. It's just bad. It's Nothing is working. Their offense is terrible. Their defense is terrible. There's just nothing good about them. I'm not even saying Michigan State is very good, but I feel like they're starting to come along a little bit better. I feel like mm. they win this game with two touchdowns. Mm. Did I talk you into it? No. All right. No. Okay, let's, all, let's try this one. Penn State minus 19.5 against Rutgers. I'm taking Penn State. Penn State is playing well. They're clearly the number three team in the Big Ten. Rutgers is – I know it's Rutgers. Like, you have to be careful what kind of expectations you have for Rutgers. But even so, like, I feel like they've been a little disappointing this year. Mm -hmm. They're just not playing very well as of late. Penn State, they just beat – was it Maryland? They beat 31-0 this last weekend. They beat Maryland 30 30 to nothing. Yeah. 30 to nothing. Yeah. I'm telling you, Maryland is better than Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Penn State will win this game by three touchdowns or more. Okay. Did I convince you on that one? Um, closer, closer. Okay. I, I, yeah, I say I try to stay away from like a, a good home dog. So I, I, I hate going, going there. So yeah, just I'm, I'm fine. All right, I got another one for you. I just mentioned Maryland losing by 30 points to Penn State. Ohio State is playing Maryland this week, and they are favored by mm. 27 and a half. Yeah. I like that it's right underneath that four touchdown mark. I'm taking Ohio State to cover. Their offense finally woke Ooh. up last week against Indiana. I just uh-huh. Maryland, similar to what I just said about Rutgers, they're a little better than Rutgers, but again, kind of disappointing. Not not yeah. like horrifically disappointing this year, but just right. a little bit disappointing compared to what you yeah. thought they might be. And I think Ohio State is going to stop them. Maryland has historically played close games against Ohio State. Like they've been able to kind of keep some games close. Um, two years ago, I think they should have actually beaten them outright. And it was, yeah, like a fourth down conversion that, yeah. that they, or no, a, a, a two point, two point conversion that they missed. Um, no, spare me with this one. I, again, just trying to stay disciplined here. I like what I like and I don't like very much. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just keeping, keeping the bets small. All right. I got two more for you. The first oh, one. Oh, okay. All right. The first one is your team. It's Georgia. They're favored by no, 22 no, and a half nope, against Kentucky. No, nope, no. Nope, I understand nope, why you wouldn't because it's your team. That never. being said, for anybody else out there, like this is absolutely the side to be on. Georgia is the best team in the country. Kentucky yeah. is, yeah, they're not very good. Georgia can, like Ashton said, like they, they just played Mississippi State, played their C-plus game, and destroyed them. Yeah. And I think yeah. they can play yeah. their C-plus game against again against Kentucky and still destroy them. So I'm taking Georgia to cover. I, I don't love that it's just over three touchdowns, but I still feel like that that shouldn't be that difficult. No, I, again, I, I go nowhere near my own team betting. Just way too emo- too much emotion, way too much emotion. Uh, clouded judgment there. Yeah, I actually miscounted. I still have two more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of your own teams. I am betting against Notre Dame this week. They are a 21-point oh, wow. favorite against Boston College. 
Most of the lines out there are 20 and a half, but there is also a 21 out there. Let me just read something to you here. Mm. Notre Dame this year. Uh, let me find it here. As an underdog or a favorite of a touchdown or less, Notre Dame is 5-0, and 4-1 straight up. So those games okay. are Ohio State. They were plus 17 and they covered. North yep. Carolina, they were plus three. They were an underdog against North Carolina and they won easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were favored mm-hmm. by three and a half against BYU. They won easily. They were a pick em against Syracuse. They won easily. They were an underdog against Clemson and they won easily. When Notre Dame is a favorite of a touchdown or more, they are 0-5 against the spread this year. <laughs> They were a 20 and a half point favorite against Marshall, 13 and a half against Cal, 16 and a half against Stanford, 26 against UNLV, 17 against Navy. They lost two of those games outright, and the other three they did not cover. This falls neatly into that second stack. They are a three touchdown favorite against Boston College. There's a very real chance they're up by three touchdowns, and then the offense goes into full turtle mode and lets Boston <laughs> College back in it. I fully expect that to happen. I don't normally bet on Notre Dame games. I'm just saying, like, I feel like I sort of have a grasp on what they've been doing this year, finally. And, uh, Mm. yeah, this line is too big. Do you guys have good corners? Do you have good cornerbacks? We do have good cornerbacks. Okay. Kind of. We have two – we have maybe the best freshman corner in the country. Yeah, you've talked about him. Yeah, and then Cam Hart is very – solid at the other side so okay pretty good zay flowers zay flowers the receiver for boston college can go man that guy yeah, yeah. like if there was a, a matchup like i would yeah that that's that's one that they're going to yeah. try to exploit and they kind of just force feed him the ball too it's kind of like like right. mayor is for you guys where like this guy has almost 70 receptions almost a thousand yards 10 touchdowns they just like throw the ball to him all the time so sure yeah i no, i again staying away from it discipline all right one last final pick i have kansas plus nine and a half against texas Kansas beats Texas when they suck, and Kansas is actually pretty solid this year. Yeah. Texas, like, they, they've they sort of fallen out of what things they have to play for this year. Like, they're going bowling, but they're not going to the Big 12 championship game almost certainly. I guess there's maybe, like, an outside shot. I don't know if they're officially eliminated, but they're essentially eliminated. Kansas, like, it's Texas. This is basically their Super Bowl. Um, yes. Nine yeah. and a half is too much. Might as well be a pick em. I'm just taking it. <laughs> taking like the points. That. I like that. Yeah, nine, nine. That's a huge number at home, by the way, for Kansas. You mentioned their Super Bowl. Texas doesn't care, man. Texas is six and four. They don't care about Kansas. Yep. And Kansas has every, like Kansas cares so much about beating Texas. Yes. So I like that. I like that a lot. Um, again, no, I'm saying no to okay. all this. I'm, yeah, just staying disciplined. Just trying to right. fi- trying to trying to find value where I can, and yeah, just trying to finish out the uh, the year with a, a winning record is the goal. Sure thing. Okay, before we wrap this episode up, I just want to mention some quarterback dominoes really quickly. We've been talking a lot about how Florida is playing a lot better than Miami this year, although you know that's relative. Like Florida hasn't been lighting the world on fire, but that Miami has been the team on the recruiting trail. They beat Florida for Kermani McLean. They beat them for Jaden Rashada. Unfortunately, though, for Miami, Jaden Rashada has now flipped back to Florida. Um, and that's the borderline five-star quarterback. Um, it was a huge yeah. get for Miami when they got him, but apparently right. he took right. a good long look at Miami's offense this year and decided he wanted none of that. And what, and can can you blame him? Can you blame no. him with what they did to, to Van Dyke? 
Remember Van Dyke was like a preseason All-American or All-ACC player, whatever he was. Yeah, I, I, to that, I say, you know what? Have more than 10 fans show up for your home games, and maybe you'll keep some of these guys. There's no one at these games, and you don't have a good offense. It's a hard sell for anyone right now. Yeah, I, I do think that, to me, this feels like a smart move just for Jaden Rashada. Um, I don't know that Billy Napier is like some incredible offensive mind, but I do think he will develop Jaden Rashada better than Mario Cristobal will. Just saying. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's, it's Cristobal hasn't um, developed any good quarterbacks either. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. like he's like the quarterback whisperer. Whereas by the way, Rashada at Florida is going to be kind of the guy there. Like he's going to yeah. be kind of the guy after Richardson. Like that's what everyone's going to say at least. He'll be the guy that kind of follows up um, when when Richardson leaves. Whereas, yeah, I, I it's it's the SEC. He mentioned something about he always wanted to play like in in, in the SEC and SEC football. Good for him. Like, just hey, good for him. Florida is an underrated school, I think, right now. Florida is kind of a sleeping giant out there. Florida can be elite. Like, they can be yeah. really, really good. They have a high ceiling as a program. No, I good decision. Good decision for him. No problem with that. Just really quick, like, how do you view the three major Florida schools, like, going forward? Just big picture, like, program-wise. How would you rank them right now? I know Florida State is right now the best of the three, just, like, on the field. Florida State's a good football team right now. Florida State, yeah. Right now, Florida State would be one, Florida two, Miami three. Long-term, this is concerning for Miami. Like I would have said just a couple of really just a couple of weeks ago, even until it really went downhill that Miami was the best long-term play mm-hmm. and that, that, that the U had the most upside, like the highest ceiling long-term. I'm going to say I, I flipped on that a little bit. I think Napier, what Napier's doing at Florida is really impressive. He's, he's only lost Napier's had some losses, but they've only been to good teams. I mean, he beat Utah at home. He's lost to Tennessee. He's lost to, um, LSU and he's lost to Georgia. I mean, those are all teams in the top seven. Like yeah. he's, these are not bad teams that he's losing to. I kind of like what I also like what, like where Florida state's at. I'm going to say Florida, Florida state, then Miami right now. Wow. I long-term I'm going to kind of have, yeah, for me, it's like, there was a narrative shift. Um, this was the sign of, of yeah, this, this was, this was, this was a tough one to swallow. Not having any fans show up is it's such a huge deal for recruits. It's such a big deal. I, yeah, that's that's kind of there's no excitement around the program. That's concerning. Yeah, I, I actually like I, I'm a little surprised you put Miami all the way down at three. I was I was thinking I would disagree with you by by putting Miami at three myself, but I agree with your order. I, I'd go Florida one. I'd go Florida State two, and then Miami. I I do think that Miami still has. Okay, so like if if five years from now we're talking about two of these teams playing in the playoff. Yeah. It's Florida and Miami most likely. Probably. I, I would Probably. say like in a in a four team playoff era, like if yeah. that was still a thing five five years from now. In other words, I think Miami still has a higher ceiling in the immediate future than Florida State, but Florida State just feels so much more stable. There's there's a much bigger chance of Miami bottoming out completely than Florida State. Right. Yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. I will say like, like Miami for all the bad things that we said about it, Miami still has a top 10 class, even with, even with missing that Miami is still recruiting a top 10 class. Um, Florida has um, their one spot ahead of them at eight. Miami's Mm -hmm. nine. 
And then you have to go down a little bit to get to Florida State at 18. Like Florida State isn't recruiting, even though they're better on the field, they're not recruiting quite as well as those other schools. And that matters, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like the recruiting, where you recruit really matters in the long term. So, yeah, I Miami could easily get back up there. Maybe it's a bit harsh to put them at three. It's just really tough see, seeing that stadium empty because it should not be. Like that stadium right. really should not be empty, and it is right now. It's tough yeah. to watch. Okay. Um, so there's been a, been a few whispers out there about Dante Moore, the five-star quarterback out of Detroit, who was once silently committed to Notre Dame and then flipped to Oregon, has been Oregon's quarterback in their class for a while. And there's just some whispers out there about Michigan State possibly being a thing. I would imagine NIL would probably have something to do with that. Any any yeah. chance that he, you, in your mind, I guess, that that he flips? Or, or do you feel like he stays with Oregon? So he is. He's from Detroit. Michigan, Dante Moore, like maybe, yeah, wanting to stay home is the only reason that you could give that yeah. he'd want to go to Michigan State because they do not play. They they don't have good quarterback play. And and you yeah. could, you could go, like you could watch what the, what the coaching staff for Oregon's doing right now, j- taking Bo Nix and making him borderline Heisman candidate. Like imagine what they can do with me, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I would be going to Oregon in a heartbeat if I was choosing between those two school two schools. Um, maybe the hometown play has some, maybe it has some pull. Like, I don't know. Like that's a, that for me, that's probably the only thing I was really surprised to see Michigan state as kind mm-hmm. of a, a name that he might flip to. Yeah. I, I know it's flip season and like this, like, there's going to be some guys flipping around and, and whatever. That's, that's fine. I don't think Dante Moore does it. I think ultimately Moore stays with Oregon. Um, yeah, just kind of because, because of what he's seeing there, like the progression mm-hmm. that, that Nix has had and the, the coaching staff, more stability there too. Um, yeah, I think he stay, sticks with Oregon. I think he had, he's good enough that he could start in year one at either place. I really do yeah. think that he's that level of talent. Bo Nix will be out next year, I believe. I think he's out of eligibility at this point. Um, am, I, am I wrong in that? Does he still have one more year? <laughs> he has one more year. Yeah, oh, I, wow. think, I okay. think, I mean, he can go. I think he could potentially even go two, two more because um, he's, because uh, no, no, I'm wrong. Just one more. He could be a, he, he, next year will be his super senior year. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see on that one. Um, one other quarterback note, uh, Kenny Minchie, four-star quarterback decommitted from Pittsburgh. Um, I guess maybe similar to the Miami thing where he got a good look at their offense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, without a good offensive coordinator and decided against it. He is visiting Notre Dame this weekend and there's been a bunch of crystal balls coming in. So Notre Dame has been looking for a quarterback in their class of 23 for a long time. feels like they probably have one. He, it sounds like he hasn't met the staff yet or anything. So I would imagine he's still like, they, he still has to kind of go through that visit and make sure it's okay. But it, do, it does seem like it's leaning that way. Hmm. Um, yeah. Any other notes that we should just mention before we wrap this up? I'm I'm just check, checking Twitter just to make sure that Lane hasn't went to Auburn yet. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than that, that's that's kind of about it. I the the coaching is going to be, yeah, the, the coaching that that's coming up is going to be just tremendous. All the all the 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 changes. We have big time jobs out there. Like who's going to go to Nebraska? We don't know. Who's going to Auburn? Like we're not sure. Um, yeah, there, there could be a couple of more big names floating around out there. Jimbo, however, probably staying at AM. I just don't think they have enough money to buy him out right now. Yeah. Okay. On that depressing note, we'll wrap up the podcast. 
Thank you all for listening. Yeah, thank. Uh, I, I'll just say this: like, thank you all for listening to this episode, but also throughout the season, we've had pretty consistent viewership this year. Or, yeah, viewership is maybe the wrong word for a podcast. But thanks, thanks, guys, for tuning in. I, I keep hearing occasionally. I, I hear a, a encouraging messages from people that say they enjoy listening. So that that makes it worth it. Like we love hearing those thoughts from you guys. So appreciate you saying that. Um, keep listening. Like our videos on YouTube. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Have a great week, and God bless you all.